Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bliss Goddess Podcast. I am your host, Shanice Jones, and we're back today with episode number four. Here on t- um, here on today's episode, I do have a special guest here. I have with me Alexis Hutchison, which is someone that I met via Instagram, and I kind of follow her on Instagram and seeing like everything that she does in the sports industry. And I thought that it was, she was the perfect person for me to bring on and have this discussion about the struggles of breaking into the sports industry with graduation. People are graduating from high school, college, and also getting a doctorate and masters. It's the perfect time to like talk about this topic and discuss about the help those who are listening to break into the industry, what type of adversities um, Alexis had and different things of that nature. So thank you again, Alexis, for coming on and joining thank me today. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here. I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've been, I've been waiting too because I just feel like for me, it's just always good to see like a woman and break into the industry and doing you know, some of the things I have seen you do via um, social media and, like, as far as, like, your career path. And I think it was, like, the perfect time for us to, like, come together, especially us being, like, two Black women and also yes. seeing, you know, you doing what you do and also maybe having to give advice to those who look just like you to see how they get into this industry, even for myself personally. Because just a little, before we get into Alexis' background, a little bit about me. Um, I graduated with a bachelor's degree in public relations, and it took me about four years before I decided to go back to grad school. So when I decided Mm -hmm. to go back to grad school, I was trying to figure out, okay, what do I want to go to grad school for? Because I never thought I was going to go back to school. Once I got Mm -hmm. my undergrad, I was like, okay, that's it. I'm good. But that was until I couldn't find no job. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was I was working at a law firm and I hated the job. Like, I hated it. And so I was like, well, I need if I'm going like, to get the job, I need to at least go back to school. And so I was like, well, what mm-hmm. do I want to go back to school for? And so I, got, I was like, I don't want another PR degree because I've been there, done that. But I've always wanted to work in the sports industry. And so like, why not go back to school and get a degree in sports management? Mm-hmm. So I did that, and I finished in December 2020. Um, mm. Still don't have a job in sports. But I was going to say, but in the middle of a pandemic, too. Okay, but congrats the, yes. for finishing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Exactly in the middle of the pandemic, which is so crazy because I started my program March 2019. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to finish December 2020, you know. Everything's, you know, I may have no better chance, but a year later, after me starting, COVID hits. Yeah. The entire sports industry shut down. Like, it's mm-hmm. completely at a standstill. So, for me, it's just been, like, some people who can also, who's also listen to this podcast also having the struggles of trying to find a job and mm-hmm. trying to break into the sports industry. So, that's why I decided, like, well, if I'm not going to find a job like a nine to five, I'm able to work. I need to do something to mm-hmm. kind of keep me involved in sports. So that's why I started the podcast, just so I could kind of get into, continue to talk about sports and so I'm able, you know, to find that nine to five um, position of working with, you know, a professional sports team one day. So that's just a little bit of my background story. So I, I definitely want to get into what it is that you do, Alexis, because some of the things I found out, like when I found out your um, clients, I, I'm not gonna lie, I had told my mom, I was like, Do you know the guy, um, the basketball guy? And, and I'm like, Yeah, I know him. Like, this um lady that I met on Instagram is like his man. She's like, What? I'm like, Yes, because me and we both watch sports, so we kind of are, you know, familiar <laughs> with the players. But I definitely want you to share um, with everyone what it is that you do and how long you've been doing what it is that you're that you're currently doing so i'm gonna give you a little bit of background before i get into how i got here because that kind of will set the tone for it right oh right okay (laughs) so i went to winston-salem state university for undergrad majored in sport management um shout out to my hbcu i love it 
Um, yes. So I went there, had a great advisor, Dr. Felder. He was one of the most like hands-on advisors. He believed in us interning all the time, finding different ways, finding our fit. Um, my track for sport management was administration and management. I knew that was kind of the area I wanted to go in. Um, I worked in the athletic department all four years, so I got to travel with the teams. I got to do some event management, game day management, all of that. When it was time to do my internship, I interned with the CIAA, which is a prominent mm-hmm. Division II um, HBCU conference, which has one of the largest basketball tournaments. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, at the end of my internship, I was actually offered a full-time job. I was like the first intern in like over 15 years that was like offered a job. So mm-hmm. it was a blessing um, because I got my foot in the door immediately. Um, I worked there for seven and a half years. So I kind of made my way up the ladder there. I came in there kind of being an admin. Then I worked in marketing a long time. I worked in, I did event management for championships. So I would do contracts for hotels, for our guests and the teams and things like that. And um, when we hired um, Commissioner McWilliams, who was the first female commissioner, she actually moved me to be her right hand. And so I kind of worked alongside the ADs. Mm-hmm. Um However, during that process, I wanted to be an agent. Um, It kind of took a step back. I um, had my daughter, and so I decided not to go to law school. I remember, like, agency route would be a lot, and I would be away from her a lot because you're always traveling. You're constantly Mm -hmm. on the move. Um, So I ended up going back to school during my time at the CIAA, and I got my MBA um, with a specific emphasis. I wanted to have a broad degree, but I mm-hmm. wanted my concentration to be like sports law and um, sports communications. Okay. And so I took those electives there, but the MBA allowed me, I mean, the MBA allowed me if I wanted to expand in another route outside of sports, I would have that background. Um, and so while after I finished school and working there, I was offered a job at IMG, which was mm-hmm. amazing. So I worked for the college division for marketing um, and I got to plan events for the final four for the college football national championship, regional vice president meetings at like Pebble Beach and things like that. Mm-hmm. It really opened my eyes to a different world um, outside of what I already knew in college athletics. And so I still have great friends that work across the industry. And uh, believe it or not, my dad, while I was working there, my dad had uh, two heart attacks in one day and had to have triple bypass surgery. Um, And I had to, I have the only grandchild and I wanted to be closer to home. So my daughter would have that time if something happened to him. So I moved back home and I got out of sports. I loved IMG. Like I would call that my dream job. I loved everything I did but I knew I needed to be closer to home. Mm-hmm. However, where I'm from in Virginia, I mean, we produce a lot of athletes out of Virginia to, uh, Beach, but we don't have teams. So mm-hmm. that was like also a big part of the decision. Like I knew I would be getting out of sports. Um, I moved back home. I kind of worked in marketing at some universities in the area. Um, Mike, who you mentioned, who plays for the Sixers, mm-hmm. we went to the same high school. And so okay. um, he and his financial manager kind of reached out to me and was like, hey, we know you're in the area. Can you help us get some things going? I worked mm-hmm. with a couple of universities in the area, planning things for them, like golf tournaments for the football coaches or golf or Midnight Madness. You know, I was kind of doing things one-offs because I was in the area. And so people were like, you need to do this for yourself. And I was kind of like, eh, I don't know, right? You know, right. Like, I don't know about that. Like, I'll do it and you can pay me and that's cool. But right. I just love what I do. And so, you know, it was funny. One day I went to something with Mike. Like we had to go to some some event and somebody mm-hmm. was asking for his manager. And he's like, oh, she's right here. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, oh, I didn't okay. realize we reached that level, right? And so that's kind of how I got here, believe it or not. And so he, um, he's he been a great um, first client, really. I mean, we went to the same high school. I get to do a lot with him. And so I was proud to, you know, work with him and him trusting me as a female, too, as well. Um, because 
you know, even though I'm at this point in my life, I have set at tables where I am the only black person and the only mm-hmm. female in the room. So, yeah. you know, it's a big deal when a guy at that level trusts you to still sit at those tables with him. And so mm-hmm. I will say, even though I wanted to be an agent, I like this side of the ball game better being a manager. Um, it kind of encompasses everything, right? I mean, I don't get to make the contract, right. which is great, right? Because uh-huh. I think agent relationships and player relationships are definitely different. And oh, yeah. so it's, it, it's, it's been amazing to be on this side because I feel like with all of my clients, we are extended family. I talk to them mm-hmm. almost every day. <laughs> we, you know, we do things, you know, we have things they, you know, I'm a single parent. So they always are like, did Dominique have soccer today? I don't want to bother you on the weekends because I know you're traveling. And so it's been, you know, it's good. I kind of get to make my own routine and get to do what I want to do. And I truly love what I do. And I will have some small announcements this summer (laughs) with uh, new people. So I'm excited about that. (laughs) It's amazing. Um, I didn't want to mention his name. I I want her to tell the name because I didn't want to mention it. (laughs) Um, But it's so... um, it's so crazy how that was able to just like fall, you know, into place with you the way that it did. Yes. Um, I did want to go back to um your college days and you saying that you had an advisor that was like that advisor for you that lets you know everything that made sure that you had internships and different things of that nature. So how important do you think internships are for students in college? Cause when I was in college, um, I went to Sam Houston, um, we didn't really get um we didn't really get told how important internships were mm-hmm. and like internships wasn't um that easy to find because we went to a small school like mm-hmm. in in Huntsville it was a, it was a in a small town it's yeah. like an hour and like an hour and 20 minutes from Houston but if you're going to school in a small town full time how are you going to transfer how are you going to transport back and forth to like Houston and especially like if you have other classes to take, because sometimes, yeah. you know, internships may not only be available in the summer. You may have to, you know, move back home, but you still have to take other classes, which will require you to go in person. So yes. for me, we wasn't really told about internships. Like we were told about them, but we didn't have like no one there to like, you know, help us find internships or anything like that. So how important do you think it is for college students? to do an internship or some type of um some type of like seasonal position or internship or something where they could actually get like that hands-on experience while in college i i i guess i live that life and i am a true believer in that um Mm -hmm. the sports industry is i mean it's not it's tight-knit and small however it's such a huge industry you would think everybody could get in quickly however when you have those internships or seasonal jobs, you are offered the ability to network and people get to see mm-hmm. your work ethic and people get to see the dedication you have to what you're doing. Um, sports are 24 hours. They are long hours. Sometimes they are not the greatest pay, but when you make it to the threshold, it's worth it in the end. Um, mm-hmm. I will, I'll tell a small story. When I went to visit Winston, um, my dad went to the business department and he knew I wanted to major, major in sport management, but he was like, look, to the business person now, my daughter wants to major in sport management. I'm not really sure. Let's convince her to major in business. And the mm-hmm. department head at the time said that that advisor is worth it. Like, you need to stay in that program if she wants it. And so he built a curriculum where our last semester would be our internship. So we may have had a little bit more hours or we may have to go to summer school a couple of summers, but our last semester would be our internship. So you had to do an internship to graduate. That was it. So, you know, I luckily enough, the CIAA office was about 45 minutes from my hometown. So I lived at home and commuted. I commuted. Some people still lived in Winston. Some people moved to Greensboro to do internships or Charlotte or Raleigh. Um, We had people who worked for teams who went to, you know, to do an internship with the team. But I think it was vital because we learned then how important those internships were. His -hmm. his motto was, when you walk across the stage, I want you to have a job Monday morning. 
Like I, I you may not be going to work because you want to celebrate your graduation, but I want you to have somewhere to go. And Correct. so when we finished our program, because the program was small, it was sport management. Um, we had eight people walk across the stage. All eight of us had a job. Oh, oh wow. And so, I mean, we had a program where we had advisement at 2 a.m. in the morning. I don't know if it was legal, but he would give us advisement. Everybody had to meet at 2 a.m. to set up our classes. And he believed in while everybody's sleeping, you should be working. So he built right. a strong work, work ethic. And so, you know, he has produced some amazing people. We have people working at the Denver Broncos, um, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like, we have people all over. And I think he built that program to let us know that, you know, even though you went to an HBCU, you can still go to where and work at those prominent levels. And so mm-hmm. it's funny because, you know, I went to IMG and I'm probably the, at that time, I was probably the only person that went to a black college. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm still sitting at this table just like you, just because you got a degree that went to Clemson, right? We still sit right. at the same table. But right. I, you know, I, I am very grateful for him because he gave us and told us the importance of interning and volunteering. And so I chose to volunteer and intern every year with athletics. Um, to kind of get my feet wet. And some people did it with the rec- recreation department in the city throughout their four years. Some people did it with our semi-pro team that we had in the area for baseball. So he really drilled it on us. Like every year, your freshman year, I feel like it was hazing. We had to sell programs at football games mm. to teach you how to sell. That was him. right? And so he was amazing and he really said you have to have a work ethic and you need to get your foot in the door so yes in a nutshell I do believe in internships <laughs> right and I agree and I feel, I feel like also like to go back on you saying I'm um, about to start that sports careers in selling and like ticketing mm-hmm. selling packages that may not be where you want to start at because I'm not gonna lie I've when I see those ticketing positions, I'll be like, I don't know. Because it's just me trying to sell someone a package. It was like, can I just go ahead and just get to the fun stuff? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, even though I understand, you know, you have to, like, start from somewhere. And, like, not everyone is comfortable with, like, selling stuff. They feel like they are maybe, like, more behind the scenes. Like, they're the person mm-hmm. behind the scenes that can do this. But sometimes you do have to, you know, start in um, ticketing. And just also go back on what you said about how some people think that their degrees at schools. And that's so funny because I work a seasonal position with um, one of the sports teams here. And, like, there's, like, a different, like, several, like, seasonal positions. I mean, that department or another department. And it's so crazy how, like, this one particular department, there are a lot of um, students who are people who graduated from, like, Texas A&M, University of Texas. You may have some that may went to, you know, like, Alabama or, like, Ole Miss. But you have, like, some of the other people who went to, you know, like, some of the smaller PWIs and then, like, a handful of people who may went to HBCU. And sometimes you kind of see the politics in the sports industry when it does come to certain degrees or where you went to college and got your degree from. And sometimes that can play a role in people thinking value the same because they see like these other people's getting these positions because they went to these big time colleges and they may have, you know, like way more experience. They may have, you know, be like more of a people person, but because that person went to this high, this big time um, university, they are they feel like they're not going to get the job because of that. And so I'm yeah. glad you mentioned you like putting um spotlight on how you went to HBCU to sit at a table with people who had degrees from all these other different colleges, but you got you was able to do the same exact thing with shared degree. So that just kind of shows that it doesn't matter where you get your degree from. A degree mm-hmm. is a degree. If you have the right ethic, if you have the experience, if you have the passion behind then you can do the same thing as well. Because I do know, even though I went to a PWI, I do have like a um a spot for like HBCUs. Mm-hmm. While I was in um grad school, I did a whole research paper about like HBCUs and how you know they're underappreciated and undervalued. Mm-hmm. 
and different things like that. And it kind of makes me want to work for HBCU one day just to kind of like, you know, it just kind of like fix things. Like somebody has to go there and fix it so, you know, it can be better. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely glad that you are showing spotlight on how it doesn't matter if you didn't go to this um, D1 school or this Alabama yeah. or this Clemson, like wherever you have that degree, then you can do it. Yeah. And so I'm and- definitely, definitely glad you um, touched bases And a lot of times I believe, and I'm not saying their work ethic and dedication doesn't matter, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's the ability, they are a bigger school and they have access to a lot more things. So they may not do an internship because they know Susie works there who went to Clemson Mm -hmm. and my advisor gonna call there because I want to apply there, right? Mm -hmm. You know? And that's a lot of times how it works where we're trying to get our foot in the door and do that internship to be seen. Um, and it's just like sports. A lot of our HBCU athletes get overlooked because they feel like they're not playing the same level of competition, right? Yep. And it's like, just because you went to Alabama doesn't mean I can't go here. I had a guy who I went to college with who got drafted from Winston, played 12 years in the NFL. Um, so, you know, people were like, you you had a draft pick from an HBCU? Like, you know, they're looking at them like, what? Mm-hmm. But it's like... He was great. And so I am happy now to see that the NFL is expanding things to include HBCUs because they do have some great players that choose to go there. You know, we yeah. had a guy in Winston who he didn't get drafted, but he played some years in the NFL. However, he got recruited by like UNC and NC State and all of those schools, but he wanted to go to a black college. And so he okay. went there, balled out, you know, became player of the year and everything. And so he ended up playing. You know, it may have been a different route, but he still, you know, was seen. Yes, and that's that's definitely a um, a topic that you could go on and on and talk yeah. about. For <laughs> podcast episodes to do, but I definitely agree about. I'm glad the HBCUs are getting um, the recognition they've been deserving. Yes, football, also basketball, as well. So we're talking about the struggles of, you know, breaking into the sports industry prior, Mm -hmm. because I feel like now we're on the spectrum of the struggles because of the pandemic, because of the pandemic. Yeah. So prior to the pandemic, what do you think was the main issue that people had? So... Getting in the industry is very tough because people, it's, I'll do use an analogy. It's like coaching. We see the same coaches rotate. They get fired. They go to another place, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same way. People only want to hire the people they know. They very rarely <laughs> seldom want to put their hand out there for somebody else because they're hesitant. They're skeptical. And I already know what this person can produce. And I think a lot of times now we have to be very optimistic about our next generation. I mean, I I still consider myself kind of young, but Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, some people are getting older. They're retiring out of this business. And it's like, you got to bring in new people. I mean, we got to rotate because if you don't Mm -hmm. teach those people, some other somebody's going to stay in this job till they're 85 years old. Because you don't want to open the door for somebody else. Or when they do retire, you don't want to show the position because you don't want to mm-hmm. have to hire anybody. And so I, that's why I always say that internship, volunteer, and seasonal positions are important. Just because that is really the truly way to get in the door. And then when the pandemic hit and we weren't playing any sports, it made it even harder for Mm -hmm. women and minorities to get into business because again they're letting go of people and not bringing anybody in and you know I'm glad that we're at a point now where a lot of teams and colleges are starting to hire people again because I think that's important we have to open up and start I, I I'm happy we're breaking glass ceilings but it also feels like a lot of women should have broke these glass ceilings a long time ago Say that again. So I feel like the (laughs) pandemic has been good and bad in some aspects. Mm -hmm. Um, We're starting to see the importance of women and minorities in this industry now. And, you know, I if it had to take for it to happen, 
unfortunately i'm glad we're here because i'm like women should we belong at the table we have a seat we belong here we have knowledge and wealth just like the rest yes and i i definitely agree with that um the pandemic definitely did, you know, put like a, a standstill on things um, because kind of like a it was kind of like I don't want to say like a backlog, but sometimes mm-hmm. it was like a backlog. Like people was, you know, looking. Mm-hmm. Jobs had to stop. So it's like, OK, are, are they going to go forward with the person? You know, some people changed their whole careers because of the pandemic because mm-hmm. they was like, OK, well, I need something a little bit more stable just in case this happens again. So it's Correct. like now that teams are trying to go back um, to square one and try to figure out, are we going to open all these positions? But also, like, the sports industry is also growing. Like, more people are wanting to um, every graduation class. I seen that there's more and more people, you know, who want to work in sports, but there's also people who want to, like, change their career paths who, like, like for me, like, when I first graduated with undergrad, I thought I was going to work in corporate America and PR. But mm-hmm. I knew that I knew that wasn't for me. <laughs> so it was like, I want to say it was probably like around like my junior or senior year where I was like, I don't want to work in corporate America. Like I want to work in the sports industry because I always been someone who like, who enjoy watching basketball and football. And I was like, I want to do this like full time. So like my interest in it came a little bit late, but mm-hmm. then it felt like it came even later because I had like that wide gap of me um, going back to school. So it's definitely um, a lot to think about. And also to go back when you said how, you know, they don't want to um, train people in these jobs and how people are getting older. And I feel like in sports, the younger people or the people who are like 18 or anything like that, but with the way that of how things are changing and with how these generations are changing, I mm-hmm. feel like they need to create more jobs. Like, you have mm-hmm. your people there who's been there 20 years, who knows, like, you know, the inside of the sports industry. But you also need those younger people there to help the teams and organizations keep up with time. Correct. Because things are always changing. Like, no way uh, someone of experience can tell a 25-year-old or even a 30-year-old what it is that the younger generation needs when it comes to, like, game day activities. So, like, mm-hmm. the game presentations, the halftime shows, the events that they have around, you know, certain days or, like, interrogating different things like that. They need younger people and they need interns so that way they can keep up with times. But some organizations are stingy to hiring multiple positions, they mm-hmm. may always just keep like that same person in that position or they may only open it up to where it's on like one intern where some, I believe that some departments need multiple interns. Yes. Like, so I feel like, and that also creates more jobs. And that's, and another thing that I'm advocate for is that people should be paid when they do internships. I believe that. Mm-hmm. I do not believe that you should be doing an internship with no pay at all. Even though you may want that experience, I feel like it's a different time now. And yeah. I feel like if we are trying to, and that's a big reason why sometimes I have to like pass up a lot of like internships, even cause I thought about doing internships after I graduated. But it's like, okay, I'm at this point where I'm an adult now. I can't, the minimum mm-hmm. wage, the minimum wage in Texas is $7.25. Wow. I, it's $7.25 here. I can't as an adult, <laughs> as a grown woman, accept the internship for seven twenty five when I could work a full time job that's not in my major that could pay me forty to fifty thousand. Right. I, I can't I can't do that. So that's why I feel like they need to go up in like the minimum wage here. But they also need to pay people for doing these internships because with the pandemic we all saw how things have unexpected things happen. And so mm-hmm. now people have like more bills. So it's like it's kinda hard to expect someone to work an internship with no money because I feel like right. we're in a different things just have changed and you know it's just yes it's just I don't think like back probably like 10 years ago you could probably get away with doing an internship with zero dollars but in 2021 I feel like all internships should be paid and I feel like they should be more than the minimum wage yes um I, I did want to uh, touch base on, too, um, 
with jobs in this industry. You know, I was talking to someone recently, um, somebody that goes to my, well, my mom is a pastor, so she has a lot of friends and their kids want to break into the industry. And so I was mm-hmm. kind of giving them some informations and tips and tools. And, you know, I tell people a lot of times, um, we all want to work for a sports team, right? Or we want to work for a sports agent, right? We want to mm-hmm. do that. And I, you know, I try to tell people, don't forget, like, I know how many um, departments I work with between the CIAA and IMG with partners like Coca-Cola, who has a sports division. And all of they do is, okay, we want to pay for Coca-Cola to be on the on the wall. And you're, you buy a suite in the arena and you host people and all of that. And you get the same feel. You get to be around those teams all the time. So never forget about the other way to do it as well because you got Coca-Cola. We work with Target. We work with Pepsi. You know, you work with car, you know, Mercedes or whoever, and they still have jobs and they have a job in their sports division. It may not be working for a team, but you will work with a team. So I have friends that work for Mercedes in Atlanta, but their job is considered going to Atlanta Falcons games or Atlanta United games, all because they own the domes. And so I try to tell people, you know, sometimes we do have to look outside of there because that is another way to get into the league as well. Um, A lot of times they'll pull people over from those industries to work in their corporate partnerships um, departments and stuff like that. Yeah, I hope y'all take, I'm taking my notes. I don't know if y'all taking y'all notes, but I'm taking my notes. Honestly, you just told me something that I never I, I didn't know that. So you just shared some new information <laughs> with me. I didn't even think to, I didn't even think that, like, I know what Coca-Cola is and all that, but I didn't know that they had, like, specific mm-hmm. um, departments that handles those court when they go to, like, the sports games. I did not mm-hmm. know that. So I learned something. Yeah, so, yeah, a lot of, <laughs> um, some of the departments have become a little bit smaller now because of mm-hmm. uh, COVID or, or because of COVID, but you know, a lot of those Fortune 500 companies have those um, sports divisions or entertainment divisions is what sometimes they call them. Because you got to think about it. We're watching the playoffs right now, and we see on TNT, you know, Kia presents TNT halftime show, right? Mm-hmm. Kia has that sports department. Somebody's helping them get these relationships. And so a lot of times it's their entertainment um, division, entertainment or sports division that's controlling all of that. So that's another way I, you know, I always suggest to people, you know, find the ways to work with McDonald's. You know, you got the McDonald's mm-hmm. All-American game. You know, somebody's got to work in those departments. So it's, yeah. you know, you got, sometimes you got to think outside the box to get to where you want to go. And I know mm-hmm. plenty of people that have done the transition from a co- corporate America sports division to go into a team because they've developed those relationships. And, and then you still was... have your, yep. And you still have your, you know, you still have Red Bull, UA, you know, you um, Under Armour, Nike, you know, places like that who have offices and regions who have internships or seasonal jobs or whatever that you can work at. So never forget that way to go in. And I think that that's very important. And I think that was very um, helpful information because when it comes to finding the job in sports, we all going to go to the same place, teamwork online, mm-hmm. and we're going to go yeah, uh-huh. to see what jobs are available because we thinking, okay, we want to work for a sport. So that's like, okay, that's the only way to get into it. But that's definitely um, some great, helpful, and like insightful information. So the last thing I wanted to kind of touch on is because since this podcast is called The Bliss Goddess and is ran by a woman, mm-hmm. I, of course, have to talk about the women and the struggles that we have as women yeah. of trying to, like, break into this industry and trying to, like, get through those glass ceilings. Just trying to like break into the industry, um, and like in all, and I don't know because I'm in this like group me with about um sports or whatever. And one time, a couple months ago, there was a job posting that someone had posted with a guy who worked for the Atlanta Dream. He was mm-hmm. I have it pulled up in my phone. He was looking for a 
he was looking for an assistant or operations assistant. And mm-hmm. I'm going to read to you all what he, what he, I don't know. I believe this is real because he was defending himself. <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read to you all what he was looking for. So he was looking for a, he was looking for one basketball operations intern with the Atlanta Dream. If you don't know what the Atlanta the women's basketball team in Atlanta. So that, that's the, that's a very important part right there. Mm-hmm. It's the women's basketball team. But this is what he was he was looking for. Um, he needed um he wanted the first thing that's on the list besides when they can start was that he was looking for a male. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing that he was looking for. He was looking for someone 18 plus, someone over 5'10. They must have a basketball background and can hoop. They must come to practice every day from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Must work all games. Must be willing to get, you know, COVID tested every day. Strong work ethic. Wants to work in basketball. Dependable. And he wanted to emphasize that it was unpaid. So the, the issues right here um, number one this is a women's basketball team mm-hmm. why not and you know no because you know there are men you know who do work for you know women's best issue that i have sometimes with this stuff why is it that the first three things on your list are very gender specified mm-hmm. why are you looking for a male that's 510 and over. Why is the word male even on your post? Everything else that you have on here must have a basketball background and can hoop. Someone who can come to practice every day, work all games, dependable, strong, work ethic. Those are all things that women can also bring to the table as well. Correct. So why why I don't I'm not trying to say why he thought it was appropriate to specify that he wanted a male. To be an event operations intern or basketball operations intern for a women's basketball team. And it goes to, for me, in my opinion, I feel like if women do not have any type of, if women can't get into like these professional sports teams for men, it's like, well, it seems like we can't even get into our own leagues. Yeah. And it's just so crazy because like you got into this position as a male for a women's organization but you're telling me as another woman that I can't even go into my own lead that was made for me mm-hmm. and it's and so I seen when I seen it in that group um in a group meeting and people were going off on because people was like is this real like he really you know like have his nerve to say that to be looking for a man and and most like and like most importantly he specified that he's looking for a man so as a woman, we already try to like get into the sports industry. We already try to break these glass ceilings in the sports industry. But it seems that like we always have some type of hurdles. Even in a position of an unpaid internship, we seem to be getting blocked from. Yeah. So I, like as yeah, you go ahead. I just want to hear like your thoughts on that <laughs> and like the str- the struggles you had been I will I so have someone tell you you couldn't do this because you was a woman. So I'm gonna give you a story, and I'm I'm a I'm gonna say this. This industry is very you you really have to have thick skin. Um, it's very brutal. It can be cutthroat. It cannot be great for us, right? Um, mm-hmm. I will tell you, I was um a finalist for a job with a professional organization, okay? Um, mm-hmm. And they asked me what my household looked like. And I was kind of like, mm, what do you mean? Like, I need you to elaborate what my household look, looks like because I don't understand why that is important to this interview, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they wanted to know if I had children. Um, because they felt like a woman could not be in the job and be a mom. And I did not get the job because I told them, I'm like, I'm a mama, but that has nothing to do with it. Like you ask my other employers, like, have I ever had a problem with somebody? Like, you know, has that 
um, gone wrong. Like, I, you know, I'm still at work. I still do my job. It would just be like a man with a kid. What's the difference? Mm-hmm. And so um, that was the reason why they did not hire me. Right? Right. But isn't it also so, illegal it, to ask someone it is. children? It, it, it is. It is. It is very illegal. Um, I knew for me at that time and the growth that I had in myself that I wasn't gonna, you know, because if you try to pursue something, they're gonna either lie about it or they're going to blackball you in this Mm -hmm. industry, right? Because you became a snitch, essentially. However, I knew at that moment, I didn't want to work for an organization like this because Mm -hmm. why do you have me here? Obviously, you thought I was qualified for the job, but you're kind of questioning my household because you're like, well, if your daughter's sick, you got to stay home. Why does that have to do anything? Like I do like everybody else. Either I have a nanny or, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody's at home with my kid, right? You know, and so a lot of time this industry does not believe in women. I'll take it back to the women's final four, Um, Arizona's coach. People were complaining like, why did she come out the locker room late at halftime? Because she was breastfeeding her Mm -hmm. child, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they often think we don't have the ability to do the job. We can't handle the job. We're not strong and fit enough for the job. Um, And it's crazy because we bring some of the same aspects to the table as a man. Sometimes Mm -hmm. even better than a man. That's why I'm like, some of these female coaches out here can coach better than some of these men on the sidelines. Yeah. It's all about believing in women. And we have to believe that women can do the job. But our society was built on what? Women should be at home. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to break generational gaps. Yeah, And that's, you know, and it's it's hard. I'm I'm thankful to work in this industry. I'm thankful to be on this side of the table and people trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad the industry is finally growing and opening up to women. However, some of them may be handouts so they can say they had the first woman, but we're gonna take it because she's gonna mm-hmm. open the door for the next person. Yep. Okay. You know, and so it's it's unbelievable that somebody would say, like, has to be a male. That's your opening sentence. Like what? What is it? Do they need to pee a certain way? Like, you know what I'm saying? Does the job require me to stand up and pee? Because I don't understand why you need a male. Exactly. Like, women are way... Women are even... Some are more capable of doing a job than the man is. Yeah. Um, if you... Yeah. And, this, and this will take it back to COVID and the pandemic when um, the NFL wanted to come back and play, you know, games. And it was so unorganized. And mm. people was people were clowning them on social media. It was like... This is why you all need women on your team. Like, a woman could have this better organized than you all. They didn't know what to do. People getting tested positive for COVID every day. They don't know if they're going to, like, shut the stadium down. They don't even know how the testing protocols is going to go because they have all these men sitting on these on these big-time positions, and they don't want to bring a woman in who will better be able to help them organize this. Because there was a group of women sitting on that, I can tell you the NFL season would have went the way the NBA season went. The NBA didn't have no problems. I'm not sure who they have on their team. Maybe they have some women on that team, but the NFL, it was a mess. <laughs> and you know, my thing was, I, I shout out to Adam Silva and his team because I think the bubble was great, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like the NFL, I know it's a lot more people we dealing with, but they could have had regional bubbles, right? Like mm-hmm. everybody in the Texas area, we going to stay here. You're going to play here and you're going to fly there. Like, you know, you had to, I think they did not think the process all the way through. They didn't. And even it's like, we missing games. We, I mean, I, I think one game of the, one week of the year, we had a game Monday like a, night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, yes. Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> like, why are we playing games every day? Exactly. Even when the NBA left the bubble for this. Yeah. They still had everything out of control, and they were still had their protocols. They and they were even traveling. The only difference was they didn't have any fans, but they made the schedule to where they wasn't traveling everywhere. They they would play this team probably three days in a row, and then move over over to another team. But they still made it into their conference. Whereas the NFL thought that they were going to do their gallop to New York back and forth. And there's not going to be any issues. So it was just like 
it just wasn't thought yeah. through and that just kind of proved that women need to be in these high positions too to mm-hmm. help things like this because it's just so crazy to me how women literally just get like the short end of the stick mm-hmm. with anything it's just and, crazy to me and I will say and I know that one of the biggest differences between what the NFL did and what the NBA is doing now um, the NBA did if you because they let them there were at home if you had a household the NBA mm-hmm. paid for your family members to have COVID tests mm-hmm Whereas the NFL, they only worried about you, but then you got family in your house and people coming in and out and, you know, there were protocols around it. So that's why I said, I know they had women, men, everybody at the table for the NBA because clearly people thought this through. Like, if you're going to be in a household with that person, all of y'all got to get tested, including the kids. Because you can't be at fault for, like, the NFL where you got people living in a house with people and the other people going out. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it was just all over the place. It was a hot mess. <laughs> it really was. Hopefully, you know, this year, you know, it's better. Um, I like, pray so. Hopefully, no, it's better. But it's definitely like women trying to break into this industry is just you know one of those topics that is that needs to continue to be talked about. We are getting you know more and more women into like these higher positions, and I hope it really just continues to go up from here. Um, I hope I'm still waiting on you know one day a woman become the commissioner in NFL NBA. I'm just saying maybe one day maybe that can happen. Yeah, look, I mean, <laughs> look, we making strides in the NCAA now with women commissioners. Yes, so I'm happy. <laughs> or you know, and then and also like also with um the women breaking ceilings and all that, that is also a whole different um. Going into more depth with, I may have to bring you back on for that one because that one we're gonna like really get into it on that one. Oh, but we can talk th- about it. Look, <laughs> like, you gotta like do that. a panel then, and then you can get the yes. real everybody opinion. <laughs> yeah, so I've been planning that, that episode for a while, and I've been trying to find like I already have like one person on there. I was like, I need like at least two more people on there and really get this conversation going. But I really wanted this one to, you know, be focused on, like, you know, the struggles, like, breaking into the industry. But mm-hmm. make sure y'all be on the lookout for that episode because that that was going to be a great one as well. But yes. this one has been great. You have definitely gave me insight on a lot of things as far as working in the industry that I personally did not know myself. And it's, whatever, everything that you're doing so far is definitely amazing. Like, your story and how you were able to break into this industry coming from an HBCU, come as a black woman, as a, a mother, it's it's amazing. It's definitely amazing. I love to see women doing their things in industries that we aren't necessarily the ones expected to, you know, yeah. succeed in. So before I let you go, I just want to know, do you have like any tips or advice to any um, recent college graduate out there or someone who's trying to like break into the sports industry any advice or tips for them to how to like they can move forward and eventually will come into their own career? Um, it's going to sound so cliche, right? This is going to sound <laughs> so cliche. I'm going to say this. And my first, um, uh, the first commissioner I worked for told me this and it was never give up, right? It's going to sound cliche. And I say that because even though I got in the industry off of an internship, right? Mm-hmm. When I was interviewing for all those jobs with teams and getting the doors shut and everybody telling me no, um, I really had to be like, I had to say to myself, Alexis, you are supposed to be here. Okay. The right opportunity will come along. And so um, never give up. I never thought I would be a manager in this state, you know, um, but I love what I do. And so just because you may think something is your industry, um, Well, if you're supposed to work in sports, just don't give up, right? Mm -hmm. But also look at the other different avenues in sports to get into um, because there's so many across the board. Um, So, you know, you may have to work in partnerships or you may have to work in activation, but never give up because the right opportunity will be there for you. And it it sounds a little cliche, but it's so true. But I also want to thank you for this podcast because it's it's great and what you're doing. You are really doing something good. So so please keep it up. Yes, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. I've tried to, you know, talk about sports and, you know, like what's going on, like playoffs. I also like to hit different topics as well. 
that people can also like relate to, you know, like in life. Um, this has been great. Um, thank you for all those that are listening. If you are wanting to um get into the industry, um, you could check teamwork online. There's jobs on LinkedIn. You go to like the NCAA market uh, website and find like the NCAA jobs there. You can yes. also like go to like the if you know what team you want to work for because not all jobs are on teamwork online. Sometimes you have to go to like the um, specific team yes. to find that. Um, there's also I think there's jobs on like if you're working like um, with the university, there's higher ed jobs and you can work mm-hmm. you know at the schools. And one thing about me, because Alexis, she said never give up. That's the one thing about me. Yeah, I have, I have been told no ten times, but you, I'm gonna still apply to the same job. You gonna miss you have to tell me yes. <laughs> Somebody, yeah, I was gonna say, look, <laughs> hey, you get knocked down ten times, you gonna get up eleven. Look, yeah. Um, if, and then don't forget, I know we had an NCAA. I know you mentioned that they have the NAIA. Um, some people mm-hmm. are doing some great things. I know some women ads over there, so. Never forget that aspect too, and junior colleges and JUCOs and so all those. Place, <laughs> and that's also this place called Wise. You can go to Wise and join their membership. They have mm-hmm. different panels and they have different events. Yeah, hopefully everything opens up. But you know, COVID definitely slowed a lot of things down. But there are resources out there for you all to use. Me personally, I'm in the same position as you all. We are going to work on this together. We're going to all get that job together, and we're just going to like keep going and. Like I said, somebody's going to eventually tell us yes. And we're going to yeah, our careers. And no telling what we can do. People may become sports agents or sports managers or publicists. Mm-hmm. Or maybe one day it could be like on a basketball football team. It's wherever yes. it is. <laughs> wherever be, and look, do. the next one up, you got to get an HR person because they can really give you the ins and outs. Yes. See, <laughs> you know, we're we going to do this. <laughs> we like to talk to you know, about sports in the playoffs but we need to figure out how we're going to get these women and also these men and these younger people in these um jobs as well so they can go ahead and make differences within themselves and within these organizations but again alexis i really really do appreciate you for coming on i'm so glad we finally got to do this i most definitely will be in contact with you soon for this next episode whenever i decide to do it (laughs) so just keep just keep your line open you got my number now. It's easy to text. Yes. Me. I'm always respond to a text. <laughs> yes. So- Thank you all so much for listening. Thanks, Alyssa, so much for coming on. And I will see you all in our next episode.